We are thrilled and moved by the response to the podcast. We love reaching actors all over the world, actors like you, who tell us that our podcast inspires them, informs them, and makes them excited and proud to be an actor. Yeah, but make no mistake, an acting career is won by being in the consistent practice of the work, week after week, month after month, year after year. Success for an actor is in the doing. So here at the BGB studio, we offer the highest quality acting training for passionate, committed, talented, and ambitious actors. We see that kind of work transform talent into successful careers, and that makes us so happy. There is no substitute for doing the work consistently, and we offer the work of success. We are the home of your 10,000 hours. We offer ongoing and eight-week on-camera auditions, scene study, and workout classes. They're available now. So sign up now to secure your spot and get to work. Go to braymangarciabraun.com slash classes or click the link for classes in the podcast show notes. We'll see you in class. You want to book as much acting work as you can, as often as you can. We get that. The thing is, you don't book acting work by focusing on booking acting work. The industry is more dynamic than that. The art is more interesting than that. By taking you inside the craft, the casting room, and the business, and bringing other industry experts into the conversation, we dig in. We pull back the curtain of the industry and show you how much power you really have as an artist. And by bringing your humanity to the work and the industry, you become an artistic leader the kind of actor who books work. Even after decades of working with actors all over the world, in our classes at the BGB studio, teaching, coaching, casting, directing, producing, acting, on set, on stage, behind the camera and in front, nothing excites us more than seeing you express your unique artistic voice, humanize the business, and book work doing it. We're here on the podcast and in class at the BGB studio to give you all the tools you need to be a championship level working actor right now in an industry that desperately needs your voice and your leadership. Yeah, industry and artistry. This is the only place you're going to hear this. I'm Risa. And I'm Steve. And this is the acting podcast from the BGB studio. Often we think of successful industry folks as out of reach and fancy and intimidating, especially after decades of huge success. And here at BGB and on the Acting Podcast, we try to dispel that belief and remind ourselves that we're all human in this, that we all face challenges. We're all figuring it out day to day. Steve and I had the great privilege to Zoom this week with brilliant, acclaimed casting director April Webster, and we talked with her about the amazing work she's done, how she approaches and has always approached the work, including the iconic franchises of Star Wars and Star Trek, how that's changed in this new world of self-tapes and Zoom auditions, and what advice she has for actors, and what means the most to her about the work we do together? We, we, we love the heart, humanity, the intuition, deep love of the work, and a powerful mind, heart, body, spirit connection that April brings to her casting. And we're thrilled to bring that inspiring conversation to you today. So listen in and stick with it. There's so much wisdom here from one of the greatest casting directors ever. But first, here's just a little bit about April and her career. April Webster is one of the most prominent and successful film and television casting directors in the world and has been for decades. As an independent casting director, she loves working on an eclectic mix of film, TV, and theater projects that challenge and inspire her. 
She comes from theater and returns to it with such passion and to fill her tank regularly. April has also directed extensively in the theater. She is inherently a director, which makes her an even better casting director. In the film world, April has worked on incredibly high-end and iconic projects with amazing filmmakers, including collaborations with J.J. Abrams, Carlton Cuse, Roland Emmerich, Brad Bird, and most recently, John Chu. And to mention just a few films, well, there's Star Wars, Star Trek Beyond, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Mission Impossible 3, Tomorrowland The Patriot, and the list goes on. And she has cast so many TV pilots and series we love, including Lost, Bates Motel, Criminal Minds, The Strain, the new series Clarice, shows for Netflix and Amazon, including Stephen King's Lisey's Story, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, Altered Carbon, and Umbrella Academy, and Stephen King's 11-22-63 for Hulu and Bad Robot. April has received two Media Access Awards, Casting Society Ardios Awards for the pilot casting of CSI, Lost, and the films Star Trek and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. And she has won an Emmy for Lost. She's also the proud recipient of the CSA Hoyt Bowers Award for Excellence in Casting, which is a high honor. Well, that's an extraordinary career thus far, wouldn't you say? And you know, most of all, April Webster loves gets and advocates for actors. Collaborating with actors as a fellow artist is her superpower and her greatest joy. Steve and I are excited to welcome April Webster to the Acting Podcast. So, April, hello. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's so great to see you, to actually see your face and uh, be together in this sort of strange, interesting world. How have you been? How's the last couple of years? Um, it actually was fine. Um, you know, the first few months of COVID were a little bit confusing and felt like I'm never going to work again and uh, I'm going to starve to death and <laughs> that kind of thing. Totally irrational, had nothing to do with the reality of the situation in, in my case. And, um, and then I started getting into it and then I got jobs. So um, we worked until we did two series and a pilot during that time. And then I had six months off and it was wonderful. Mm. You know, I've, I really found that, you know, COVID for so many people has been a real period of reevaluation. And um, it made a big difference to me, uh, I think, to have that time to be in my own home, to be, be there and really like see the things around me in a much more clear way. So, so that was that was great, and then I went back to work. So, and then something came up right away. I had a friend who passed, you know, different things like that that you that are part of being a human being. And um, and uh, she was uh, up at the motion picture home, um, and so um, I actually happened to be there the day the day that she died that night. My friend Ray Allen. So um, we're doing a um, we'll be doing a memorial up at the Theatricum Botanica up there i love it there yeah it's great my daughter my daughter went to shakespeare camp there oh she did you should see they've completely redone it it's gorgeous really Uh uh-huh wow it's it's got a cover now and um i saw your daughter at her graduation i was there for at campbell hall at the 
Oh, oh, wow. That was a while, a few years ago now. It what was. Now she just graduated college, didn't she? Three years ago. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She's a, I. <laughs> I know it's insane how, how time goes. Yeah. Um, so, so I probably, so as, as you're going through that period of, um, of self-reflection and then you will come back to the work and like life has happened, death has happened. Right. And that's the case for all of it, for, for, for me too, over the last couple plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, how does the way you interact with work change? How does your relationship to, to casting change? Well, I don't know if it's a virtue of age or if it's a, a you know, a combination of those things, but um, I don't get as, um, my workaholism level went down. Um, I'm still working very hard, but at 7.30, we close the office. And even though I might be taking notes and writing mad emails at four o'clock in the morning because I can't put my head to sleep, it's not the way that it used to be. You know, it's just much more um, really sort of focusing on the wellness uh, of of myself because I, you know, I do a lot of teaching, I do a lot of speaking, and you can't get water from an empty well. You know, you have to keep replenishing and renur- and and taking in nourishment as well. So, you know, seeing my niece or or going to a play with friends or whatever that happens to be, it's important that I take the time to do that and not like I'm working so everything else is off the table. You know, sure. And and yet, like you, you've achieved so much, right? Like the 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 resume is ridiculous. Like it's 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 incredible, the awards, and and I wonder whether like twenty year old April, like do you tell her you can do all that and also rest? Is it even possible in this industry? No, I will answer for her. No, <laughs> <laughs> it really isn't. Um, you know, the, 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 the faster we get things done, the more that they expect, you know, um, it's not, it's not always a good thing to get the casting done in three weeks when you have eight, because then every time you do it next time, they expect you to do that. It, you know, it's more, it's, more, <laughs> I was doing this even when I was in New York and, you know, in a theater company, you know, I mean, I would be going from pillar to post you know, I would go get up in the morning and do this, then I would have work and then I would have a rehearsal and then I would have a yoga class and then I would be cleaning houses on the weekend. You know, I mean, it was always, it, it always was there. And that's just kind of my energy anyway, is to be busy, um, not make busy stuff, but, you know, um, I like, you know, I like seeing people, I like doing things. Um, and I think that that was what was so great about having that time off because it was my time. And so I didn't have to rebel against anything. You know, I didn't have to stay up to four o'clock in the morning because I didn't want to go to sleep. You know, I mean, it's like um, I could, you know, I could just do what felt right to me uh, to, to take care of myself. You know, we talk to actors about this all the time, I'm sure, which is about the self-care part of the work. Oh, yeah. You know, and just having and finding that center. I mean, how do you bring yourself to the table if you haven't explored who you are, you know? So I think that that anytime you do any kind of creative work, that's a big part of it is to keep on working on yourself because the more curious you are about the things around you and, and, and the things in your life, the more space you give yourself, you know, you can get, it's like the, like, you know, what's her name? The, the woman who does the the decluttering, 
you know, it's oh, like Marie Kondo. Marie yeah. Kondo. Yeah. Kondo. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can, but you know, I find like that's you can do that with your life too. You know, it's like, oh, hmm, that feeling of panic and anxiety. What is that about? Oh no, I don't need that anymore. I can get rid of that one. Yeah. Well, to, to, question about that. Do you find that the expectation is a little bit different from other people who you're working with now? Or do you feel like that's a choice you're making that other people have to get right with? Producers, showrunners, executives, directors, et cetera, filmmakers. Well, you know, I'm in a position where I'm not doing meetings where I have to do the dog and pony show anymore. I went on one or two at the like towards the end of the time that I wasn't working and I just went I felt like that Shelley Winters story you know where she plops her Oscars here's my picture here's my resume <laughs> you know I'm yeah, not yeah. gonna audition for you and so I know this will sound strange and very California for a East Coast girl but I just started adding into my meditation this or something better and more fun and out of the blue this job came up um, I hadn't seen this director in, in decades. And I got a call coming home from the motion picture home, a text saying, hi, you know, um, I'm a producer for so-and-so and, -so, and uh, can you give me a call? So, you know, it's not only about expecting miracles, you've heard that expression. I think it's also about accepting miracles. <laughs> Um, that, you know, sometimes things show up for us and, they, and it doesn't look the way we think it's supposed to. So we start questioning and, you know, let it go away. So in this case, you know, I just went, okay, um, I'm just going to do it and plunge in and see what happens. That's amazing. Yeah. And can we talk about the fact that, that this is an industry in which April Webster has to audition? I mean, Risa has said the same thing, right? But like, this is what it is, right? Well, but this is what's so crazy. I mean, and the problem is, is that, you know, um, when, when you're older than your producers um, and they don't really know what's going on and I'm like, you know, thinking we're in a collaboration and I'm like giving them names and stuff like that. And then I find out that they've gone with someone either less expensive or less experienced. I just go, you know what? I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. And I wish I had known that when I was younger that I didn't, I mean, yes, we have to go on meetings and we have to, you know, meet people on the skin and get to know who they are, but also know that sometimes it's your job and sometimes it's not. You know, um, I went, I went on a meeting and actors, but, but it's, it's, it's harder sometimes when you've been doing this for decades. Well, and that's the thing, you know, it's that there's, I mean, I'm trying, I'm, I'm really working on like getting the ego out of it, mm. but um, I have to say that you sort of feel, I felt a little humiliated at first and then I just went, you know what, um, that's a feeling I don't need to have in my life. So I'm just not going to do that. You know, I mean, I, I have, I, I own my home, I, I have plenty of friends, I have, you know, money in the bank that to, to capitalize myself, that was always something that I was very careful about. So whatever happens, I'm okay. And as long as I can know that is the truth anyway, then, um, and keep reminding myself of that because look, you know, right action happens. It's not a matter of making a good decision or a bad decision, you make a decision. And so whatever happens, you, you step forward with that. And if it, you know, if I don't wanna to go to work and be um, in servitude, I wanna be in service. 
you know, and if I go in with something that I already resent and already feel like I'm not being respected or whatever else, then I'm going to be in servitude and it's going to be, a, you know, it's not going to be like ugh, that kind of an experience, you know, this hard experience for me. So, um, and, and I think of us as, act, as uh, artists, you know, I think of the work that we do as, as teachers and as, and as casting people and everything else. We're artists because we use our instincts. We have to be in touch with all of that. You know, we have to be in touch with um, the, the getting of people on the skin, you know, to, to know who they are and to get them when they come in the room and to know whether, okay, this is a bad audition day, but there's something there, you know, and that's, and that's our skills. That's our, you know, our tool in our toolbox. And I don't think that enough people really know what we do in that way. Um, yeah. And how much of it is that? It isn't just making deals and knowing how to handle your producers. It's about knowing how to speak to actors. It's about knowing a body of work. It's about honoring them, giving them a safe place to work, you know? Cool. I love that so much. And do you think that the new crop of casting people, even some who I'm sure have come up under you, do you think they get that? I think there's, there's, there's always going to be some who may not, mm. um, but I think the new crop are being trained by you know some really amazing casting directors so i think a lot of them get that um and some of them are naturals you know some of them just all like they just can tell right away i used to have a, a woman who worked for me we used to call her the um you know the harbinger of doom because we would say oh better call elizabeth in because like what do you think i don't know what do you think let's call elizabeth in because she just had this instinct you know, she, her father was a very famous director and she'd grown up with it and she'd been at the actor's studio and 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 all this kind of thing as a young person and so we would always call elizabeth in to get like okay what do you think um and it's great to be you know it's great to have a team when you work, that you're not just a solo person. And I'm sure you've experienced that too. You know, the two of you working together as a company, you know, as a as a teaching force, how much more room it gives both of you, right? So Yeah, it's it's, sure. it's essential to have that collaboration with whomever you're working, whether it's your creative team on the, the show or movie or within the context of the work that you're doing. Yeah, yeah for sure. So how have you? Why do you think it is? Casting, sorry, go ahead, Risa. Please go ahead. No, I just how so? How have you seen casting change? Like it's a big question in terms of decades because <clears throat> technology has changed. Things. Right. In the in the olden days when it was just you and the filmmaker, you know, <clears throat> and people would trust you. But how have you seen it change, especially in the last couple of years? And, mm. and when and what do you think that looks like going forward? You know, because of because of the pandemic, also you don't have that in-person time that you used to have with a director, especially when you're doing feature films, where you could sit down and talk with them and go through, you know, go through some ideas and go through some pictures and go, go through some tapes. I feel like a lot of times what happens now is that it's sort of what the actors must feel. You know, you send out a link and you make your recommendations and then, you know, the word comes back, oh, I only liked this person. Well, what didn't you like about the others? So I don't have to keep just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks, you know? So I have to say, I've been very lucky in the directors that I've worked with, um, where it does feel more like a collaboration. They do listen to what I have to say. They don't always, you know, end up with that person, but at least they'll take the time to, um, to, to take a look at it. If I say, please, you know, pay, pay special attention to this person. Um, 
even though it may not be what your vision was, you know, trust me on this, take a look. And they usually will. But I think the main difference is, is that we're not in person anymore. And also, I think the digital age has changed things a lot because we are 24-7 on text, on phone, on computer. And I'm used to calling up agents and talking to them about their clients. Right. And then you get other ideas from them. Yeah. Now everyone just checks an availability and you don't know whether, the, you know, they say they're available. Well, would they be interested in a project like this? What kind of thing are they looking for? You know, there's no continued conversation. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It just means that you're calling three or you have to you have to check in three or four times to get all the information you need sometimes. And I'm, I guess I'm old school that way. I mean, I like to have a conversation with the reps that handle me because they might, if I tell them more about the role, if I tell them more about the story or the vision of the director, then they may come up with other ideas for me that it's not something that they just submitted on a piece of paper. So, so that's very different looking at things, everything's on tape. Um, and some people are good on tape and some people are less good. People are getting better at it, but I think the older actors, the actors over 40, are having a little bit of a struggle with it sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I had an actress very frustrated speak to me about it. And I said, okay, look, get together a bunch of your friends, like eight or nine people, and I'll do a Zoom with you so we can talk about self-taping. And there was a lot of fear, a lot of feeling like they were being left out, that um, you know they just they don't know what was going on. They send things out and they never hear back or whatever it happens to be. So we're, we've started doing more Zoom auditions, uh, not just with the director, but with ourselves so that we can make adjustments and, and the actors are giddy. They're so happy that we're doing it. It's like, this is so much fun, you know, so. It's human connection. We were not meant to do this in an isolated way. No, know? no. You think we'll get back? You think we'll come back? to the room. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I hope to a certain extent. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we've gotten very used to being able to see a lot more people than we would see if we were just seeing them in the room. But there must be a way to find a balance between those two. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. And is it, like by your measure, more beneficial to have volume? Like, is, is there a quantity over quality that's happening just now? Because there's so much access, but you get lost in a sea of access as opposed to taking more time with individual actors. You know, they're the actors that I know and I know well. What this gives me the opportunity to do is see a lot of new talent that I may not have had the time to see. Um, we always try to like get a few new newbies into a film or a television show because that's like that's like the real fun part. It's like, she's never done this before. He's never done this before. And, and you know, to create a little a, a career, a start of a career. So it gives me the possibility of doing that, taking a chance on someone because my time isn't so limited. Of course, then you have to watch everything. <laughs> so, um, you know, when we if you send out 40, 40 readings, you have to watch 40 readings um, and you watch them and, you know, you you. I, I mark them if there's someone to consider for another project or another time, but mostly you're just getting through them so you can find the characters that you're looking for. You know? It's so interesting. <clears throat> I love that you said that because we're constantly telling actors, if you, you one person's going to get the part. So if there are 30 people, 100 people seen and you do great work, 
people will remember you and you will be introduced. So can you just talk a little bit about getting to know people through this process and what the value of that is for the long game? Yes. Well, see, this is this is the interesting part. And this is where and this is where the work that you do in class and everything becomes so important, because it it doesn't matter whether you're in the room or you're on camera. It's about being present. The actors that we like the best in film and television are the ones that feel accessible to us, that they, we can reach in and we feel like we can connect to them in some way. Well, if you come, if you're if you're taping and your eyes are dead because you haven't made a connection with the camera as your partner or another or have a reader with you as a partner, then you're then we don't see anything going on. So even on tape, you can see someone that just gives you a little like, oh, my God, you know, one of those, oh, my God, moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, there are, of course, there are people who, oh, you know, who have like stars around their head when they come in, you just go, like, for example, in this class I was in last night, this Israeli girl who's 15 years old, uh, a friend of mine had gone to Israel to coach her. And she came on to the class, it must have been about 11 o'clock in Israel, she lives in Jerusalem. And um, she was a net, I mean, here we had all of these actors of various ages, like striving and working and like, you know, and she just did it. And it was like a breath of fresh air. You just went, wow, 15. Maybe that's maybe that's why maybe she had less baggage, you know, but I know that whether I was in person or on film or watching people on on tape, um, that if someone grabs my interest, I always mark it. And I can't tell you how many times I've cast actors, if I'm especially if I've been working with the same director over and over again, where they'll say, hey, remember that guy who came in, he was wearing the green shirt and uh, Robert, Richard, I said, oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I remember him because he came in and he just filled the room with his energy. You know, and so you do remember them and you keep bringing them back if you don't if they don't hit even the second time, because they become kind of your your repertory company, you want them to get the job, you know, so you're going to find, how about this? Let's try him in this role, you know, so. So it's, it's a, it, I love that. And <clears throat> I think so many actors, because they feel like they're working in an isolated way and throwing their stuff out into the ocean and never hearing back, they forget that mm -hmm. casting directors are human and that, and, and love actors and care about the work deeply and care about the mm -hmm. art of it and our artists and everything you're saying. So what, what are your thoughts about that for actors who are feeling, because our audience is mostly actors, who are feeling that disconnection and forget because they don't have the human connection? Right. You know, you know it always comes down to the work in a sense, you know, I mean, it's like whether you're whether you're messing around with your lighting or your backdrop. And the most important thing is I can see you and I can hear you and you've done the work. And um, yes, I may not be able to give feedback to every single person, but know that you've been seen. It's really important that, you know, we don't just throw people away. Um, we keep, I keep a huge file. Every time I watch an actor, I have, I have my response to it. I have their hair color and their eye color, their height, where they come from, maybe some of their credits. And I keep a, I keep a file, like a, you know, a database of it's not it's really a database it's really kind of old school list but um because i haven't figured out how to use excel yet but still um you know i think for actors the hard part is is that you're putting yourself out there 
And when there's no response, you feel like that's a rejection. The truth of it is, is that it's not. Um, and we and we were saying this earlier that you know when it's your job, it's your job, and at least you're being seen. It's such an opportunity to even be able to go on tape at all, mm. uh, because there's so many people who don't get an opportunity to audition. And when you do, this is you know what a great thing to to have fun with it and to enjoy it and to know that it's being seen and it's being watched. And even if it's not right for that one, then we go. I mean, I've hired. There's a young woman I hired twice. Her tape came in after all the auditions, you know, after we had already decided on an actress. And I was so in love with her that I almost went and asked the producers to look at her. And my and my my partner said, April, you've hit oil. Stop drilling. <laughs> so the very next project we had. I brought her in. I said, this is the girl. This is the young woman for this role. And that's the thing. You know, we when we see something that sparks us, that that excites us, we remember them. And and we also are very forgiving if someone's had a bad day or they didn't get the material exactly right. You know, I can tell from your resume and, and your training and everything else what kind of skill you have. And so add that to your humanity. And then I see something, you know. So what was it about that girl that you saw after the fact? You know, she, first of all, there's a certain look that she has. She has these dark brown eyes and, and this blonde hair. And she's not like a glam pretty. She's just, there's something very, I'm huge on interesting faces. I'm, I'm very, like if someone has, you know, something just about them. Um, that immediately attracts my attention. If I'm just even going through pictures, it does. But she was so simple. Mm. You know, she wasn't, there was no schmacting going on. <laughs> she was just, she was being the, it's like, it's like being the character, taking the parts of yourself that create the character um, and, and forming something new with it. And she just is there. She's just there. And every time she's just there, whether it's, and then you find out that she has another skill that adds to the character. Oh, she sings. Well, this character sings. Who knew? You know, it's just using that instinct that we were talking about at the very top of the show, where you just get like a feeling mm. about someone, whether they're, you know, and when you see their work, you know that there is something there. There's something solid there. There's a, a a gravitas, there's a, um, a sense of themselves, a confidence. And uh, that's not always such an easy thing to develop for you when, you know, a lot of people grew up with people saying, you want to be an actor? You can't sing, you're ugly, you can't do this. You know what, you know, it's like all the things that we fight against um, as teachers, I don't know if fight against is the right word, but to, I always talk about to take those traumas and things and learn, you know, to teach yourself how to learn to use them as opposed to them using you. Mm. Because as an actor, that can be something that you can access. And once you've processed it, it doesn't have to be with pain or the fear or the diminishing. It can be with the, you know, with giving you more room to play. Um, 
anyway, if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. No, the the way you speak about this, April, like it's it's with a reverence, and it's I'm, our audience can't see this, but like your whole body's moving as you're talking with your hands and all this, like it's in your bones. Um, do you like clearly you are of this? Do you love casting? And like it feels like there's something deeper than casting at work here as you're explaining this work. But what's the draw for you? I get to do so many things. I get to direct, which is something I love. I know Risa is a director and um, I still direct theater whenever I can, even if it's just like a reading or, or of something or a new play or something like that. Um, so I get to direct, I get to teach. Sometimes I get to act because I'll read with them because I want to get a sense of how connected they are. And I, and I, I love actors. That's really like the, the main thing of it is like, how can I, how can I be of, of, of service or help in some way that opens them up so they're as, they're as big and as full as they can be? Do you know what I mean? And as teachers, you, I'm sure you understand that very well, that when you see those shifts happen, it's so gratifying. You know, it's, it, it's, I, I did a class one time in Hamburg and the first day I, I was teaching with another person. Um, and on the first day, everyone was like, you know, like, like angsty, you know? And then after all the exercises we did and all the work we did the next morning, everyone came in and it was like, I said, who are all these beautiful people? You know, their faces were open, they were relaxed, and the work was starting to flow from them. Now, I'm not saying that workshops are a panacea, you know, or, or a, a magic bullet or something like that. You have to do the work, but the teacher's job is to give someone the tools, right? And then they have to keep practicing. It's like, it's like meditation is a practice, you know, acting or being an artist is a practice. You keep, you keep doing it, and it's not like this one was a good day, this was a bad day. You just keep doing it, you know? Yeah. How do you reconcile this, like, this reverence that, that you speak um, and, and this notion of you being an artist with what's imposed upon you oftentimes as a castering, which is gatekeeper, which is like, I don't know, whatever an actor imposes upon you, like, you're the one who could make my dreams come true, or all that stuff, which feels antithetical to art, maybe. Right. Well, it goes to what Risa was saying before, you know, is that we're not, we're not, um, we're not the job. We're another person who's doing the job, um, trying to win us over or to flatter or to, you know, work too hard for the actor isn't going to get you what you want. Doing, doing the work and being present is, it's hard. I mean, it's not easy when you're combining commerce and and art for anyone. Um, but there are some people who absolutely love that part of casting, of the of the negotiating and finding the deals and saving all the money. And um, I can do it. I know how to do all that. It's not my favorite part of it necessarily, but um, I take it on and, and do as part of the job. And sometimes that can be very stressful, you know, especially when the production is just starting or there's certain things that aren't locked in and you have a lot of tap dancing to do um you just have to go with what is because otherwise i mean i'm 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 a person who's very easily can go right to you know like <laughs> you know? i can get i can get pretty stressed uh, and just feel like why am i doing this and and all that kind of thing but then i just have to go 
okay, take, take a breath, step back. You know, sometimes I'll even like, you know, I have this uh, app on my phone called insight timer and I do like a 10 minute meditation to just be back in touch with my body. Cause, cause sometimes the stress can really get to me, you know? Um, and uh, I mean, it's natural. It's just how long you want to hold on to it is, is the question. Um, I think all of us have different reactions to things in our lives. No, no one is perfect. Like you have your child is sick and I'm sure that that can be something that you'll be worrying about, you know? Um, sure. But, um, you know, we have to, we have to look at what is and make the best of that, do the best that we can do inside of that and know that, you know, that's all you can do. I mean, I was, I was long plagued with the disease of perfectionism. <laughs> you know, I was like, and that was, and, and it's, it's death. You know, um, they say that um, comparison is the depth of create of of joy. Well, it's the same kind of thing. You know, if you're comparing yourself to other actors, or you're comparing yourself to other people's careers, or um, you know, or having to deal with this stuff and feeling like it's you personally that's responsible for the entire production. Um, I finally started learning how to let that go um, some years ago, and what a relief it was. Because then you can. Sorry, sorry. How did how did you do that? Asking for a friend. <laughs> it's not it's not always consistent, but but I I have to stop and just you know um, I have to stop and take a break and you know get up from my chair and uh, and then sit somewhere and just feel my you know my thighs against the ground and my, and the and t- and take a deep breath because I. I can feel my lungs start to constrict. Oftentimes when I'm auditioning people, and I'm sure in class that this can happen too, is that I can see that people stop breathing. Yeah. Stop breathing. And I watch their heads leave their body and they're all, they're only thinking about what they have to do. And if they go up, it's over. And usually they do because they're not being, they're, they're not integrated with what they're doing. They're just become the talking head. And so I stop them and I make them put down their sides and put their feet on the floor. And I just have the, I just have them breathe, feel the energy coming up from the ground and get them set. Cause some people like will be moving and doing, and you know, how do you ground someone when you know, it's just nerves. Yeah. So you want them to do the best audition okay, we're going to breathe. And I make them make a sound so that they're not thinking about it so much. You know, it's just like, it's like the toning helps them get more into their body. And it, and, it, and it's great for me because I get a break too. So I say, and then you have to do this. Ah, <laughs> so I get my own little, my own little shot in there too. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so great. There's so much pressure actors are putting on themselves, especially these days, this whole thing about memorization, you know, and I have, I'm starting to develop some pretty strong points of view about, about it, because I don't know how you feel about that. But every agent, every manager I've spoken to said, yes, we tell our actors, they have to be memorized off book, word perfect on self tapes now. And, And I don't know where that's coming from. Honestly, because sure, you want you want to know the scene in right. your bones, right? And and but if you edit, if you learn how to use the page, you can refer to it as you would in a rehearsal or even right. on set when you're when you're blocking, you know. Right. So what is that, and how do we how do we collectively com- combat that? 
I think it I think it's partly a function of the taping. So it feels more like a, you know, performance. performance yeah. As opposed to a, you know, a working, an audition, you know. So um a lot of times though, I'll be on and people will be reading, they'll have their sides on on the computer and they'll be using a phone or something so that they can do it at the same time. I do like people to have at least, I don't want them to have been so locked into choices that they can't be flexible. And I think that that's what happens sometimes when they've memorized it and made such hard choices that if the director said, can you try it this way, they wouldn't be able to get off it. Um, it's good for them to know not so much the words, although if the writer's in the room, of course, you know what that's like, but, um, but that they know what the flow of the pieces, you know, there's a music to the way that language goes, right? So if you can hook into that and, and get as much information as you can about the context, because people aren't giving scripts out these days either, um, then it can only be helpful to you. It, it gets you into the, the movement of the, of the scene in a certain way. And we always give direction anyway, but when people are just taping it, you can't do that. So you have to have them try it again. So sometimes they'll tape again. Or now when we, what we do is when we call people back, we call them back onto a Zoom if we're bringing them back to make an adjustment. People are feeling, you know, that they're not being seen, whether it's by age, by, by gender, by, you know, race, whatever it happens to be. And this is, it's, it's hard. It's not, it, it, it's how do you, how do I say this? How do you be an actor and be able to be happy with what is? I, I don't know how else to say it. You know, it's like, because there's always so much feeling of being judged. Um, and, and that's a very hard thing to let go of when you're in a business where someone is watching your stuff and saying, yes, no, I don't get it, you know, or yes, that's the right person. So it's like, there used to be, there used to be a saying, and I and I use this a lot because it's a good reminder. I always feel like I teach what I most need to learn a lot of the time. So um, there's an expression, and I think it comes from twelve step, where um, it's none of my business um, what people think of me, it, and it's none of my business what I think people think of me, and that's really like the core of it, right? Because we write this whole scenario, and actors can write this whole scenario about how they're being perceived but they really have no idea they're not they're not in the room they can only do their best job and hope that it hits the right note you know but i think that that's what it is Reese. i think it's because it feels more performance oriented because everyone's on screen you know yeah it just adds one more dimension one more layer of pressure to so many actors and you know we constantly work with actors to let go of all of that right. obviously you don't want to you know, not know what you're saying or doing, but you know, it can it be it can become so performative and so limited in in just you know churning out a bunch of words in 16 hours, 18 pages, and all of that. You know, and then feeling that you also have to get the lighting right, and you have to get the background right, and for women more often than men, that the makeup is right and your hair is right, and all of those things. Um, it's an, it's a lot, it's a lot to do. And you, all of a sudden now you're the cameraman, the sound person, um, and the hair and makeup person. Plus you have to learn all your lines and everything. So it's not the most fair of processes, um, 
for certain. So I think that that's what really prompted me, that conversation with those actors really prompted me to do more of the Zooming with them, even though it means, you know, it takes three or four hours of my afternoon uh, to work with them. It's so worth it uh, because- that's Right, that's so great. Yeah, so. And, and also, like, there's another piece of this, which is, and we always do this dance, on the one hand, being so sensitive to the needs of actors, like, there's so much on their shoulders every audition, their health insurance, the very invalidation of their life choices, you know, etc. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, this is what is, right? Like, and, and it's whether it's the talkies or anything else, like, this industry technically, in terms of technology, in other words, has always changed. Yes. So I, I imagine that's part of the challenge for particularly older actors who are not used to this, did not buy into this, didn't sign up for this. Like, by the way, now you're a camera operator. Um, and that's that's hard and also like but get with it well it, i mean there is the you know there is the aspect of adapt or die in in a certain way and the thing is is that it could be a pleasure to learn this stuff i think what happens is it's very easy to fall into victim mode and it shows up in the work unfortunately too um to feel like you know this is all against me and it's because of this or, you know, there's no roles and now I have to do this. And yeah, you can, you can make that the problem when there is no problem. There's no problem. You find someone to do it with you who does know how to do it or you, or you learn how to do it. And that's part of your job now, unfortunately. Um, but again, you know, it's really the most important thing to focus on is the work and, and, you know, the, the job that you do with looking at the material and everything else. And listen, I've hired actors. I mean, it was Benedict Cumberbatch, but he, he did a, he did an audition on a, on a cell phone in somebody's kitchen with a bright light, like this over him, you know, now it was Benedict Cumberbatch, but the thing is he was just coming from a rehearsal. He wasn't dressed, but he just clicked in and was so there with the material that you just sort of went, wow, I'm not looking at, you know, what kind of background is there. I'm watching him. And I, and, I, and it, it is tough. It's tough. You know, look, a lot of people come into this business as actors for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, some of that, some of that changes over time, but some of it is still wanting a family. Some of it is still wanting approval. Some, you know, some of it is still wanting um, to have that acknowledgement because there's things that have been missing in a lot of people's childhoods. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, that would be some of the things that draw people to this business. So already you've got people who are dealing with some, you know, either childhood trauma or other things. Um, so if someone rejects you or doesn't respond to you, that can be a, a trigger for you. So that's, that's why I always say that the inward journey is so important. These are things that you have to take a look at and you have to see if you want to live free in, in, a, in a certain way, if you want to be able to take that deep breath, you know, and not always be in a state of worry, especially when you're creating the problem. You know, I look at some things sometimes and I just go, okay, so what's the problem? Oh, well, there is no problem. Hmm. Well, then why am I so upset? Well, because I've, I've, created this problem so I can have a problem, you know, so that I, that I can have a reason for being upset. I know that sounds like very tricky, but it's, you know, we're writing, if we're writing the script, why are we writing it with something that would make us 
upset or unable to do what we need to do and and that kind of thing so that's why you, it, it's so important to work on yourself too you know that's part of that's part of the acting experience you want to be able to access those parts of yourself um so that you know where the sound is coming from, where you know where the, you know, is it coming from my heart? Is it coming from the groin? Is it coming from my belly? You know, where is, where is this feeling located? So, and if you, if you're, if you've got so many places that have like a, a, a yellow tape across it, do not cross, then you're missing pieces, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes so much sense. I love that you're talking this way. And I think that Actors out there will be really surprised to hear that because mm. you're talking in such a holistic and, and, and all-inclusive human way um, where, the, where an actor's instrument is their whole being and where it requires not only self-care but a real examination of one's own purpose and, and physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual health. You know, and that is never in the forefront of people's mind. It's more like, is my ring light working? You know, do I know my words? And, the, and so I love that you keep coming back to that. Mm. It's, and maybe it's just that that resonates with both Steve and me in terms of what the work is. But that's right. such a, a huge part of, of, of the journey and, and feeling uh, alive and safe and comfortable and, and present and all of that. And to enjoy it. I mean, that's the thing, you know, I see so many people struggle that it becomes not their pleasure, but their, but their sorrow in a, in a way. And I'm to go into this. I mean, most, most of us go into this business because there's really, you know, there may be a plan B or, or something like that, but it's all connected, <laughs> you know, it's like connected to it. Okay. Well, I won't be a casting director, but I'll be a, te you know, I'll, I'll start teaching or, or I won't be, a, you know, or I'll become a director or, and the actors, what I want the actors to know is that nothing is written in stone. If someone comes to you and they say, hey, would you produce my, my short film for me? You'd be so good at this. And you find like you're turned on by it. You know, it's like, well, why not check that out? Why get locked into one point of view that it's, it's okay to explore something else? All the parts add up to the whole, right? All the things we've done in our lives add up to who we are now, right? So you bring that into your work. You bring it into the work that you do. And I'm not saying there aren't practical things that you, you know, that you need to do as actors and there's, and, and as people, you know, just the kinds of things of like what the camera looks like and where it's sitting and all that kind of thing. There's all that stuff. And I'm sure that you wrote a great article on that. So I, um, and I had gotten that from you on the self-taping stuff, which had a lot of other elements to it. Um, but that's, what's really important to, to take that worry away because it's just, it, it, it closes you down and you want, you know, as, as actors, you want to just have as much oxygen as you can, right? That, and that's when the work, whether you're playing a serial killer or you're playing, you know, the happily married husband or wife, that's when you get to really use, you know, your, all the juices, you know, which I really love. I had a friend who used to it's say, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, please, please go ahead. No, I had a friend, he, he used to say where um, he wants to get to the chewy center. You know, like when you have a, when you have a Tootsie Roll pop. 
<laughs> you want to get to the you want to get to the chewy center. Give me the chewy center, you know. So you're talented, you're driven, and you're willing to do what it takes to achieve the success you dream of. But what should you do? Like, what are the specific actions that you must take to elevate your career to the next level? BGB's Career 911 series is the answer to all your industry questions. We are here to give you the totality of our decades of experience in the industry. All of the tips, advice, inspiration, and latest industry intel that we earn from real-world experience at every level of the business. And we're on the ground right now assessing the changes so that we can offer you everything you need to succeed. Yeah, we're here to guide you step-by-step through every aspect of the industry, showing you our proven method to grow your career and take ownership of it. From getting an agent, to your marketing materials, to your booking mindset, self-tape strategies, how to get casting directors to find you, and so much more. BGB's Career 911 is all you need to stay focused, informed, and inspired so you can have the acting career you deserve. We're offering amazing live online pop-up classes regularly, plus live on-demand classes, all at affordable prices. We want you to have all the tools you need to take your career to the next level and enjoy doing it with confidence and authority. So go to our website links shared in each podcast episode's show notes, or find the links in our Instagram bio and join us for our next live BGB Career 911 class or one of our live on demands. We'll see you there. Is that why you got into casting? Because, um, hey, this looks interesting. Let's try it out. You know, it's very weird how I got into casting. Um, I worked at the Mark Taper Forum and um, I was working with John Dennis who ran the um, Improvisational Theater Project. And when Prop 13 happened, the job got closed down. And so I just started doing whatever job was open at the Taper. And um, I had been a stage manager in New York and I worked with Mabu Mines and a bunch of other companies. I was at the public theater. And so um, they need, Joni Brooker, who had been the casting directors, the assistant in the casting office with Gordon Hunt, she got a writing job and they needed someone in the casting office. So I went in for the job because I had been hanging out at the taper for like, you know, a while. I'd been there for, for quite a bit. And um, I spoke to Gordon and um, I said, uh, he said, well, how are you on, you know, do you know a lot of actors? I said, oh yeah, you know, half my, all my friends in New York are actors and I worked in the theater there. And he's like, uh-huh. And I, and I, and he said, and how are you in the phones? I said, I can handle four lines at a time. My day job was working at Dun & Bradstreet as a marketing person. <laughs> so that, and that's, I think why he hired me. Um, and one thing kind of led to another and it was perfect because I knew so many actors and so many people were moving West and it sort of fit you know, but but even with that, and I know this will sound strange, it took me many years before I really embraced it, because it was always felt like there was something else that I was meant to do. The directing was a real hard one for me to um, uh, not give up, but to to not follow through in in a in a professional way. But you know right action happens you know i'm if that was meant to be i would have been more focused on it um and um and i still consider myself a theater person 
<laughs> even though you know how that goes. I miss you were at the ensemble, weren't you, Reese? Were you at the ensemble studio theater? Yeah. yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. There's that love, that little ache, you know, that when you when you go to see a play. And I was talking to I was talking to Liz Swain last night. I went to see um the Hamlet there, which was She's such a, you know, she's such a historian Yeah, and, uh, that it was beautifully done. And Ramon Ocampo did a great job. And um, I was telling her this joke about, well, you know, how many, how many directors does it take to screw in a light bulb? And she went, how many? I said, one, but I could have done it better. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you, you watch and you go, why are they doing, I don't understand what they're doing. In this case, that wasn't the case, but, but um so I still love going to the theater and I still am involved with a bunch of the theater companies in town. Um, so I keep that part alive and, and excited. And um, the hardest thing about being on a board is that you're only fiscally responsible. You're not creatively responsible. Oh, I know. I know that's so, but it's great that you're there. And don't you think that being a director and having come from the theater and understanding what that process is and what that, the tribe of it is. Don't you think that serves you as a casting director? Oh, no question. Absolutely does. The fact that, you know, I, I'll tell you just a little anecdote is that I used to um, work at the um, Circle Rep and, um, and Marshall was directing a play called um, My Life. It was a Corinne Jacker play. And in it were Chris Reeve, uh, Bill Hurt, um, Oh my God, I can't remember. Uh, um, Jeff Daniels, Nancy Snyder, Tanya Berenson, all these people. And I would, I would do my, I was the wardrobe person. This happened to have a swimming pool on set. So everyone had to keep changing clothes. So I was like washing and drying towels in between matinee and show. Anyway, so, but I would always try to be there for when um, Marshall would give direction. And I saw how he knew instinctively the best way to speak to each actor who had, because he knew, he got to know them in the process. What's going, what kind of conversation is going to work with them? The way that he talked to Bill is Bill Hurt is going to be different than the way he speaks to Tanya, for example. And I realized how you really have to tune up and sharpen your, in, your intuition because you've got to have a feel for people. And if that's not casting, what is, you know, and as a director to know how to speak to an actor, to help them just make that tiny tweak that can open up the whole thing. I mean, how great is that? So, I mean, I think that that's one of the great pleasures of being a, a, a casting director when you're a director is that you get to direct every day. <laughs> You know, um, and then was it was it understanding that marriage that made you sort of reconcile? Oh yeah, let me accept this. I'm a casting director, and 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 I can do this and love this. I don't know what it was. I I do remember this. I I was about to go into a meeting, uh, for a, some show or other, and I just said, okay, I'm going to put on my um experienced casting director mask now. And I went, wait a minute, you are an experienced casting director. You don't need to put a mask on. Just go in as yourself. Right. <laughs> It was it was an amazing time at Zoetrope at the time. It was a picture that was in turnaround there. And I got to be there when um, Michael Powell was there and um, and uh, Gene Kelly was there and, you know, Augie Coppola was there and all these different people were walking around the the lot 
um, it was a magic time and, and just fit perfectly. And I think it was that, you know, that really just went, oh, this can be fun. You know, this can be fun. it isn't just, you know, but there is something, there is something about, you know, I'm not saying that that means I never want to create my own work because, you know, when you are a casting director, you're serving someone else's vision. Um, you can you can bring in your own vision to it. You can you can affect their vision, but ultimately it's it's you know you're being of service. So um, so sometimes it's fun to take a play from its beginning stages, and you're the one who helps to form it. You're the one who has the overall view. You get to rudder the ship, so to speak. You know so. Yeah, it's so, so important to have that as well. Again, because that feeds you creatively. And ultimately, when you go back into the casting room, you have all of that percolating for yourself. For sure. Yeah, sure. so necessary. And it makes it easier then. Yeah. You know, yeah. because, and, and, you know, this is, it's like, you know how in a scene you talk about having stakes, like how high are the stakes? Sometimes I think, um, that sometimes in my own life, I make the stakes too high because it's not really what, what's going on. It's my manufacturing of it. And I think that, that I've seen it happen when people are acting too. They create something that isn't organic to the, to the story mm. because they want to have more drama in it somehow. So when you can strip that away, then you have a much more, I don't want to say pure, but you can have a much more flowing performance if you're not like working so hard <laughs> to make it something and that's the thing i think that's what's also happening with self-tapes it was always happening with auditions where an actor felt like everything was on the line their entire career was at stake you know their bank account their relationship with their agent the world their entire career and they would their insurance everything yeah yeah and their insurance and you come in and there's all of that angst and all of that heightened need you know, and that, and you realize that that isn't, there's no flow when that happens. There's no breath. There's no presence. Right. No. And that, and that's, you know, it, how do you teach yourself how to do that as an actor? I mean, um, do you, you know, they, like there's a little power meditation you can do, which is just like, you know, I, <laughs> I used to do this meditation. Um, I had come, I was living in Martha's Vineyard and I came back and I had been living in an ashram, which I left. And um, I went into a class with Catherine Sergeva at HB. And I remember like I'd run from work to get to class on time. And I would just do this <sighs> until I could feel the top of my head sort of open up a little bit. I know that sounds very weird, but, but it was like, it was like just about that release. And then I could be there. I could be present. So I think everyone preps their own way. And it's important to find what can, what can get you in the room, like make you be in the room and not what happened. And how do you bring that with you and use it in some way? You know, um, you can't leave, you can't leave your life and everything at the door, but you can take that, you know, because sometimes I think and that um, like, fear feels the same way that excitement feels in your stomach, you know? So maybe it's, maybe it's a matter of perspective in some ways, you know, how do you like, okay. I mean, it's one thing if your heart's pounding or, and you're having an anxiety attack, but, but it's another, if you can um, sort of feel that energy and use it to 
to buoy you up in some way. But it is, it's not easy. That's part, I mean, it is, as you were saying before, Steve, it's like, this is what it is. And, and how do you function inside of that? How do you find the best way for you to not be damaged by it, but to be nurtured by it? Because otherwise, why be an actor if it's so painful all the time? God knows there's- And, and I wonder, sorry, go ahead, please. God oh, knows. No, I was gonna say, God knows that there's simpler jobs with no responsibility that you really have to think of that much, <laughs> you know? Uh, and yeah. you're not putting yourself on the line in this in in the same kind of way. So, yeah. And then my head goes both for you, and frankly everyone involved, and the actors, to something like Star Trek, like Star Wars, where like it, it's vibrating with expectation. It's vibrating with don't screw this up, right? Because like <laughs> there are childhoods on the line or whatever, right? So. I can't even imagine two things. One, like th those sessions where people come in going, oh my God, like just freaking out, right? Just by the very opportunity. But also you like casting that in the context of a fucking legacy or whatever, right? Like how do you navigate that? And how, how are sessions, how do you navigate those sessions for actors or help them in those situations? You know, it's a very funny situation because for example, when we were doing Star Trek, the very first person I saw was Zachary Quinto. And Zachary came in, he was still working on um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he came in and we must have done, cause I didn't know what I was really looking for, you know? So I, so I said, okay, let's do this one more Vulcan. Okay, let's do this one more human. Okay, this time, just let your head dry. You know what I mean? It's like, we were just, we didn't really have any template for it because it is so iconic in that way. So, um, it just got to the point where you just had to go, but what, why you have to go with what you usually do. And you look for the quality of the, of the actor and how, and, and whether they have the charisma to do it. Um, we, we brought Chris Pine back because when he first did it, people felt that, that, you know, maybe the part wasn't, um, he wasn't as suited to it as people might have thought. And then we brought him back and did an audition with JJ Abrams there and, um, and then all of a sudden it was a different, it was a different deal and he was more invested in it. So it is, it is tough with, with ones like that because for all the same, for all the usual reasons, I mean, you go out for a pilot and, you know, this could be your months, this could be your year's rent, right? So, um, it always feels like there's a lot on the line. I don't know how, how one, I don't know if there's a formula to deal with that, except to find ways to calm yourself down, get yourself, you know, like grounded. That's why I do the breathing stuff in the room because people come in and I can see that they're like, like this, you know, and I know that, you know, God forbid one word feels off and their whole head will explode. So, you know, how do, how do you integrate yourself when you come in and know that um, you're either going to get it or you're not going to get it. So it's not, you know, it's not a, I don't know how you do that. And there's certain things, look, there are parts that people love and they don't get. And, and that's, I can't, you know, that's a hard disappointment to take, but you have to be able to move on from it and not hold on to it for a long period of time. Look, we all have days that are not great days. It's just how long you stay in it. You know, that becomes the, that becomes the, the thing to learn how to, you know, it, and if you have depression to, to find ways to take care of that, even if it, you know, if it means taking some medication or if it means, you know, increasing your therapy or, or whatever it happens to be, 
art actors are sensitive people and things are going to affect them. And how you deal with it is becomes the becomes the the trick. And you have to find a way to 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 save yourself from that. And you talked about coming back to the love of the work and to the work itself and mm -hmm. the joy of it. I mean, if, if that's where your heart is, you know, then it shows it's palpable. Mm -hmm. You know, you're affected by that and your experience is different. It's not a painful one. Right. And, it, and it's also knowing, I think for the actor, knowing that you're not just affected by the people who are watching it. You also have some effect on them. And that when you put yourself on tape or you're in the room with them or on a Zoom with them, that you have the opportunity to change the whole tone of the room in a way by how you are in that room. If you're, you know, I've seen so many people talk themselves out of work because their anxiety just takes over and they just say, well, you know, I meant I was going to, I thought I would do it this way, but then, um, you know, I can always do it again if you want me to. And, and then if you give them an adjustment, they think that meant you hated what they did before. I don't give people adjustments unless I think that there's something there. So it means that you did something good um, and that I can, that I can see it there and that I can, that maybe I can draw it out and give you some room to play with it a little bit, you know. You know, I really like directing more any, because whenever I would read a script, I would see the whole picture. I never just saw it from the one character. I always, I would like already be staging it in my mind when I, when I would read the, a, a play. So I think I found the right area to be in than being an actor. So. Anyway. And why do you think you're, why do you think you are, which you are a great casting director? Um, I don't, you know, I mean, I always sort of blanch a little bit, but um, I think it's because, I think it is because of my love of actors and my love of, of the craft and that wonderful moment of fitting somebody, you know, of hitting the Hollywood lottery where, where, uh, where people just fit in just right, or they've brought something to it that nobody else could have brought to it. You know, like I watch an actor like Bill Camp, for example, and everything he does, just he adds another element to it that no that no one maybe someone else could do, but it's but it makes it more than it was, you know. And I mean, I can weep at performances when I see wonderful performances. Um, it moves me. It just moves me. And I think that that's probably why I care about it. I, I care about the project, I care about the story. I, I, I care about having the story told in the right way um, or in the best possible way, maybe is the right, right way to say that. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, 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 as I said, I try to be of service to the vision of the people who are there. Um, and, um, you know, I'm a fun person. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that part of it too I well that's true i mean you have to hang out with and be in the trenches with people and you gotta care about them you get really close really fast with strangers and no kidding you know so if you can bring a little life to the party that goes a long way 
Right. No, it's and and it makes it it makes it more fun, you know, even though people get stressed and they, you know, they, you know, you can hear when someone's getting frustrated or whatever else. I'm not saying you have to make a joke to break the tension, but you just have to know that it's not about you. Um, and and whether it's in the room, you know, when when an actor's in the room doing an audition or whether it's a casting director talking to their director on the on the phone to know that, hey, I'm doing the best I can do. And, you know, I'm going to bring you the best people I can. And after that, you know, um, it's on your shoulders to, to do. I, I want to give a director actors that they don't have to worry about. Actors that they don't, they're not going to have to break their pick on, you know, to get the performance out of. And that could even, that can be a new person. Doesn't necessarily someone with, a with you know, a long, long list of, of credits, but it has to be someone who is, as excited about the project as the director is. You know, when you, when, when you have an actor who, they don't even care what they read, you know, they'll read any role because they just, they love the story. They've read one of the scripts or whatever it is, else it is and, and they're excited by it. You know, this is, we're so lucky really when you think about it to be in the business that we're in, you know, to have access to things that change all the time and new stories to tell. Um, and it's always an excuse for me to start doing research. I'm working on a project now about um, the westward expansion during the Civil War. And so, you know, I've started doing all kinds of research about were Latinos in the, in the um, Union Army. And, uh, and in fact, there were Puerto Ricans and Salvadorians and, uh, who, who fought in the war and finding out about what was happening with the, you know, as the, as the expansion ha happened in the Southwest, what was happening with the Apache and were people really sensitive to that or people were just trying to, you know, they buy up parcels of land without thinking about people who, you know, the fact that people had lived on it for hundreds of years. So, you know, it just, it all um, can be exciting and fun to play with, you know? So it's the, it's the scholar in me that didn't get a chance to, you know, go through college and do all of that. So I do this. It, I do this. it speaks to how much you do care. And I think that yeah. actors sometimes forget that casting directors and people that who they consider to be higher up on some, you know, this, this, this ladder, that are human and care deeply about about the work and the stories they're telling mm -hmm. and also are really invested in actors and love actors and i just want all mm -hmm. of you listening just to keep hearing that that somebody who's been doing this like yourself for as long as you have <laughs> <laughs> very long time yeah and at, at the level at the level you've been doing it though right like it's not just the length it's yeah right yeah it, it, that you that you still are the, this invested, and that means that you're invested in actors, and actors need to remember that. I mean, that's part of the way that you get past all the bullshit is to remember that there are people there who really care about the work, and that are artists and care about you, and that are, are creating space for you to come in and and do that beautiful work that will affect them. Yeah, you know, it it's it is such a a wonderful experience, even if the actor doesn't get the job, just to see, you know, the trans the transformation that they can make. You know, especially if you know their work and they try and, and you give them something that may not be what's usually in their wheelhouse, and then all of a sudden they show up in a completely different way. It's like, um, what was his name? Um 
that, that show Sweet Tooth. And uh, the guy who played the father is from SNL, but he was so beautiful in it. And you sort of go, wow, what great casting that is to take someone that we wouldn't expect to be so heartfelt, so connected to his son, um, to hide him out, you know, hide out, hide him out in the woods for all these years. Um, and that's when, that's when it's fun, you know, when you sort of go out of the box and, and give someone a chance who may not have had a chance to do that before. So thank you so much for, for letting me do this with you guys. It's, uh, Oh my God, we're honored. And, and it's great to have to hear you speak our language and actors language. I mean, it's really important for actors to hear that and know that there's not only a human being there, but a fellow traveler and an artist. So thank you so much. No doubt. Yeah. And just real quick before we wrap up, forgive oh, yeah. me. Yeah. What, what advice do you have for up and coming casting directors? Our interest here is to perpetuate all of these <laughs> notions that you and Risa both speak about bringing humanity and heart to the process. What would you say to them? Um, that's a really good question. I mean, one thing I would say to them is to understand that it's a collaboration and that it's that it's not like I have more power than the person who's coming into the room. We work together. Uh, and if the actor's not good, then I'm not, you know, it's 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 not a matter of it, it's a matter of me finding that right connection. So it means being sensitive to people, it means treating people well, it means creating a safe place for the actors to work in. Because the more that you do that, um, the more that they're going to give you, the safer they feel, the more that they're going to feel like they can give you, whether it's on a Zoom or not. We speak to a lot of the actors on the phone before they go on tape because they haven't got a script. So I can have like a personal connection and conversation with them and that they know that I'm on their side, I wanna hire them. And I think that it's important to know that I value what they do. And I think for a casting director coming up, I think it's important to know that an acknowledgement before a criticism is always a good thing. Um, you know, when someone has done something that's off, but yet they stood their ground, then I'd rather say, that was that was great. You really had the center of it. Let's see how we can play with this just to get a little bit more pace or let's let's see how we can play with it to go a little deeper or raise the stakes or whatever you say, because, you know, people are in a vulnerable position when they're auditioning for you. And we're in a, and we're in a vulnerable position when we're working with our directors and producers. So we're all in the same thing, you, you know, um, but really, I think it is to really you know, honor the work that's going on there and not just, you know, I, I remember this movie, I can't remember what it was called, it was Nick Nolte and he was a driver. He ended up being a driver for this producer and um, the, the development people um, had one of the young women, who, which I think was Jolie Fisher, bring in a list of actors for the um, movie. And he went, you know, um, what, what was it? It was like, Oh, um, Ed Harris, bald. This one, big nose. This one, you know, like they just dismissed all these actors in this shallow sort of way. But we can't do that. Casting directors can't do that. You can't just say um, not pretty enough. 
you have to understand that pretty or beautiful comes in a lot of different ways. It looks different on some people. So, you know, to, to be willing to go a little bit deeper and it becomes more of a habit than not doing it. You know, I mean, it's easy to dismiss people, but when you're, but when you're working and you can sort of go, hmm, you know, maybe they're not exactly right for this. I may have been, I made a, you know, not made a good choice and bring them here, but I just saw something else that maybe they could be right for this, you know? Um, let me try them for this other part, or let me think of them in the future, or look at how much they've grown. Um, I did a workshop, I did this workshop online uh, last night, and there was a young actor I had met in Rome. He was completely, he was, six, he was 17 when I met him, completely unfocused all over the place, just like, you know, so anxious to be an actor, you know, that he wasn't really there. And I watched his work last night and, you know, maybe the scene wasn't as perfect as it could have been. And I just said, I said, Ben, I said, what I saw in Rome and what I'm seeing now is amazing. You're so much more focused. You're so much more on point with what you're trying to say. Your intention is so much more clear. And he was just beaming. Now that's going to get him further than me beating the shit out of him and saying, well, you know, if you were going to do that scene, you should have done this or this or this. Now, sometimes that works. Certain actors, you know, you can talk to them that way because you have that relationship. This is a kid, you know, so you, you want to learn how to handle people. That's going to be part of your job. This there, I always feel, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way is that when you're casting someone, they're your baby until they are on the set, you know, and even then some, you know, where you go onto the set and say, hi, everything okay? Is everything going all right? But, you know, I feel responsible for them and I feel responsible for how they're being treated. And, and if it doesn't start with me, if it doesn't start with us in, in our office from, from the minute they walk in the door, then where does it happen? It has to be that mutual, you know, you can't, you can't buy respect. You can only, you know, have, if, if you act with respect, you get respect back, you know? So if, so if I'm respecting the actors and their process and what they're doing and making sure they have a space to work, if they can't be in sitting in the room with everybody else, then I'm taking care of them and I'm going, and I'm going to benefit from it because then when they come in, they're in a much better state to do the work that they need to do. So um, you know, yes, it's a little bit therapist. It's a little bit mommy. It's a little bit, a lot of things, as you know, um, but that's kind of what we do, right? We, we make sure that they're taken care of in some way. Now, if someone is disrespectful, you know, there have been, there was a guy we used to call Mr. Stinky because he used to come right, right from his work as a, as a house painter. And he never like, you know, so he didn't shower and stuff like that. So we, we tried him a couple of times. And then after that, we just thought it was better off not doing that. But that's, but you're coming into a professional situation. So you should come in professionally, you should be clean. You should be, you know, wearing shoes, not flip-flops, you know, things, little things like that. So if you, if you respect my environment, I respect you and I and I'm I'm willing to open my space to you in a different kind of way, you know. So 
Sure. I love that. I love that. Will Forte, I think. Was that it? Yes, it was Will Forte. Yes. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. He has surprised me many times. Um, oh, good. Great, April. Thank you so, so much. Oh, so, my honor. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Yeah, really appreciate you. So wise and so gen genuine and really generous. Yeah. It's, it's refreshing. And uh, I think at the end of the day, it's like it, it's it's affirming, you know, it's affirming for all of us. For all of us. And I, I really thank you so much for for having me. I really I'm I'm honored. I mean, you guys, you know, and Risa, you know, I mean, I've been looking up yeah. at Risa for like years. So <laughs> anyway, thank you. So lovely. To Back meet. at you, man. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate you. We know that you're feeling the stress of these challenging and uncertain times. We are too. And it's possible that you have no idea how to nourish yourself as an actor, as an artist in all of this. And we're here to tell you that that's okay. Everyone we know in and around this industry is feeling all that. And we want you to know that we're here to help. Every month we open up our online studio doors and invite you to join us for a virtual workshop where we dismantle and reconfigure your approach to your craft, the industry, auditions, booking, self-tapes, and taking care of your creative soul. It's our mission to make you feel empowered and confident, even excited about what's ahead and what you can do right now. So join Steve and me online, meet our amazing teachers, find out what actions you can take in order to thrive, and let us guide you to the success you're looking for. To reserve your spot, check out the Summit link in our show notes to sign up. Space is limited, but we want you to be there, so click the link. We love sharing this content with our community. We offer it 100% free, and it's our privilege to do so. If you're loving this podcast and are interested in offering something in return, go ahead and subscribe to The Acting Podcast. Then find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and leave us an honest rating and review. Your words will help us bring this work to even more actors and artists around the world. Thank you so much for listening and for being here with us. We love how this community shows up for us and for each other online and in the studio. Come visit us online at thebgbstudio.com. Jump into a class with us. We're here to get you into the kind of shape necessary to be successful.